and we're live hi guys welcome to another episode of the nearest profound podcast i'm your host david um good morning it's a beautiful friday morning on this side i hope you're all doing well the end it's a weekend it's basically the end of the week so today we're talking, some more fo- we're talking about football today and um, a lot of that happened since my last episode on monday morning um today i'll be talking about the review of the matches as you all know the first round of the african matches are over and yesterday the, f- the second round the first two games of the second round of matches started so i'm talking about cameroon um, putting four past ethiopia and burkina faso also beating Cape Verde. Um, so the group is getting a bit interesting but cameroon have qualified i will be talking about the carabao cup um we got knocked out by chelsea uh, what a surprise imagine my shock and then liverpool and arsenal um yesterday it was a goalless draw a lot of interesting things happened during the match, but in the show, we'll talk about it. Without further ado, let's delve in. Okay, we're going to start with the show. So, we're going to talk about the um, some football on the English side we'll go back, before we come back to Africa. So, let's start with the um, the Carabao Cup match. Now, Spurs versus Chelsea. The, the first leg, um, we're 2 nil down already in the first leg. And then if you ask me, Chelsea did not really have to get out of first gear to actually beat us in the first leg. And in the second leg was the same story. Um a mistake I'm going and to be fair, I didn't watch the game. It was on the same day um Cote d'Ivoire and um Equatorial Guinea were playing. So I was like, nah, I mean we're losing two nil already. What's the point? Just put your attention. I just want to put my attention. I'm just focus my attention on something that will not really hurt me so much. And it worked. At least I, I had more joy watching Equatorial Guinea versus Cote d'Ivoire. Than watching them um, sports versus um, Chelsea, we lost one nil. Um, goal from Rudiger, and then this is the, the it's it, the, the goal was actually a mistake from Golini. I didn't watch the game. I'm not going to do a lot of review about the game. But I'm going to talk about the, um, in general the problem we have at sports, which is this slowness to act. We have a problem. I mean, it's not a surprise. I saw the highlights, and we saw the same crossing issue from Real. You know. It's amazing how we solved the right back issue, solved in quotes, in the summer, and we're, here we are again seeing you know, that right back. It, it, it's 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 mind blowing, and it's unacceptable that sports have this nonsense is happening, you know. And the anointing is they will not want to take the next step and solve the problem. They rather wait and hope Royal comes good. And if Royal doesn't come good, what happens? We would have wait, probably wasted two years at Spurs, you know doing things doing things wasting our time and frustrating the fans and then after he does all of that for some years before they finally agree that he hasn't it's not good enough and tell him i mean it's 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 the sports training ground is it really a, a training camp for players who are not good enough because it's probably one of the most comfortable job as a footballer you're not under pressure to win any trophy see for a supposed big six club right for a supposed big club you're not under pressure to win any trophy but you collect big wages you live in london you just play so you're not there's no pressure to win anything it's a trophy drought and they just i'm like how can you play 118 minutes against chelsea and there's no yellow card it's a london derby you don't even need to be told i'm not, I'm not saying you should go out there and break someone's legs and snap someone's legs into two i'm talking about going there putting your best and performing you know it's the same story you know and real for goodness sake crossing a ball this is all you have i don't care i don't care whether you are defensively um, better than the combination of Sergio Ramos, Beckenbauer, um, Varane, Cannavaro, um, VVD together. I do not care if you are a combination of that defensively. Going forward, that's what's important now as a right wing back. That's another thing. You know, it's very important. Crossing. 
and there was a cross that he, he, he went for a try. I'm like, what is this? You you do this every day. That see, I do not understand the logic of footballers, right? You make it to the top as a footballer. This is all you do every single freaking day of your life. Every day you go out to cross the ball. Every day you do as a right wing back or right back, whatever. Every day you go out to cross the ball. Every day you pl- so what exactly do you want? What exactly are you doing? This is all you have to do, and you still can't cross the ball. You it's simple. I'm gonna stay out, spend extra time in, and this is probably. And this is back up to my point of them being very comfortable, picking up wages, no pressure, because you have a lot of people who will defend him. Oh, it's his first year, you know, he just came into the country, da da da. I'm sorry, but that should not affect your ability to cross the ball. Football is a universal language, right? I mean, let's be real, he's not the first foreign player who could not speak a word of English that has been made to play on the pitch. It's a language. We know that you are with the ball, this is what you do, you cross the ball. They, they don't speak, you don't speak like a but you don't say ball, go here, and the person doesn't understand. So that language should not be an issue. Um, environment shouldn't be an issue. What should be the issue here? Being able to cross a ball is the is the is why you were literally bought. So and try for a system that requires full I, it's it's annoying, you know. I don't want to get pissed, but it's just something that that is just mind-boggling. Now, out of the, now, this is the thing. Out of the, the Carabao Cup, that's another chance of silverware gone, which is true gone. So the only hope is the FA Cup, which don't really I don't really trust them to do win it either. So likelihood of the trophy drought continuing is very 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 freaking high. You know, this is this and this is the thing. Yeah, this is the thing about about sports that sports fans do not freaking get. Sports fans don't understand that this is a trophy jet. We can't. Oh no! Let me start from. Let me revert back. I think I missed. Let me let me say, say, say again, right? Last year, um, the, when we got the UEFA Conference League, I wanted us to win the Conference League. You know, and if you listen to my little previous episode, I've always been banging on about it. That Conference League, we have to take it seriously because it's literally our only freaking chance. No, our not only though, but our best chance of silverware is that conference league we have to take it seriously i've always been I was banging on about this you know because it's a trophy drought there's no excuse to not want to take it seriously I've, that's why i kept banging on about it that we have to win this thing but a lot of fans were like oh it's not a good it's not it's not a competent trophy da, da, da. i'm like what makes you decide that if chelsea win this tournament chelsea would try to win this thing you know and everywhere i turned they, they, they all hated the competition they all talked about it like like it was I'm like, wait, do you understand that you're on a trophy jar? You're not in the position to even be selecting trophies that you should win. You end the trophy jar, so we're going to be bantered if we win it. I, I'd rather get bantered winning something than get bantered not winning anything at all. But then again, they said, oh, you know, okay. We're getting knocked out, you know, with the UEFA decision because against rent, right? Where UEFA had to right, make a decision and then they kicked us out, right? A lot of them are celebrating that oh yes it's a distraction. I'm like, do you really believe that that squad can make top four? Are you just, are you just deluded that you think that squad will make top four? You know, th- first of all we have a misfiring king, we have um we have a misfiring king, we have a defense that's not good enough. Oh because they've been coached enough to put a certain level of performance in, how are you sure they will do it consistently? You know, and and that's the thing because this this is the same crew of players that five managers, this is the fifth manager they've seen five up to five managers already and they are still here and you gen- they, they let down the last four managers do you think they won't let this one down you know yes i said my, my my theory was this right putting a good performance to 
you know, stay competitive. In January, you do the business. It's January 15th already and no business has been done. No sale. And if we want to, sh- a lot of fans want a lot of this squad to be shifted. And there's no sale yet. No player has been sold yet. No play- it doesn't even look like we're buying. We're not even close to any signing. It's mostly links and links and links. I said, listen, I said this before. You know, January, in as much as I, I hope that we sign players in January, Historically, we've never had a good January window. You know, I know a lot of fans wanted to believe that, you know, we would. I, I hope, but the thing is, you know, histor- you, you look at the past. When you look at the past actions of a person, you can use that to gauge the kind of person, you know, he or she is, right? You look at sports. From, since I became, I became a sports fan in 2009, 2009, I became a sports fan From 2009, 2009-10, 10-11, you know, all those seasons. I, you check general window. There's sports I've never had general window. Talking about from the Lewis sports wanted to, instead of Renap asked for um, Gary Cahill and um, Tevez, and he got Lewis Saha and Nelson instead. These were sports and sports were in a title race at the time. You know, fast move on to the years again where we didn't sign anybody for 18 months. Then recent, most recent years, Bergwijn. I mean, every gen, there's no general transfer that I look back on and I say, okay, this is a very good signing. You know. And this is my issue with Spurs. They, the Spurs fans, rather, they do not want. I don't know why they want to believe this narrative. And you know, so what happened was that. No, 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 sorry. Now this is why I said I'm just really, really upset. I don't even know what to say. Right? That's how how outraged I am because January window it's already gone so far. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Let me let me <laughs> let me. I'm just sorry. I don't even know what to say. I've been missing my words together, but l- listen, okay, recap. But this is my issue with sports, right? We have a problem, we've not fixed it. We have issues with right wing back, we have issues with centre back, issues around, we have not fixed it. So it's clear that there's a pattern of behavior here. That's why, general window, you know, most fans, I'm just some fans are already putting bets that Conte is going to work. And it's true, if I was a betting man, I'll put the money on Conte working at the end of general window. I will, I would do that. Because there is no way sports. Sorry, the likelihood of sports backing him is very freaking low. Because historically they've not done that. And now I'm seeing links to one Lewis FC lad, winger. Have these guys not learned from Jack Clark? You know, this sell to buy policy that they are trying to do. I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's outrageous, it's, it's irritating. And now you have a lot of fans who will defend this action. You know, oh, it's a good thing. I mean, I heard yesterday, yesterday there was the announcement that they're going to build some new estate and some cinema, and some fans were like, oh, it's a good thing. Are you kidding me? Is it a football club or an investment um, company? Because it's, look, it's looking more like, like an investment company. You know, and, you know, shifting play. Uh, I don't want I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's annoying. It's, it's, I'm sounding like a broken record at this rate right now. But but in the back to the game quickly, if I talk about it, let me just go talk about the game. In the game, there's one thing I noticed, the offside rule. A lot of people don't really know the offside rule, right? And the thing is, I knew about the offside rule, eh? But it's very rare. That's how, that, that offside, part, that particular offside is very freaking rare. <laughs> because we had, I mean, the offside we normally see is off the shoulder of the last defender. Maybe the shoulder extending beyond the last defender. Or the player's head extending beyond. So, all these things that we used to see as offside. But we never ever that particular offside. It's been it's probably one of the oldest rules. Okay, I read when I was reading the rules of football, I read about that rule some years ago, around 2015, 14, 14, 15-ish. I read about that particular rule. About you know, if the goalkeeper, I think the last two men on the line 
I think the goalkeeper has to the goalkeeper. I think the goalkeeper and the defender has to be the last two man. Then the goal if the goalkeeper is on the post and he's out, and he's only two defenders, there's three on those side. And I don't know if I explained it properly, but what I noticed was I saw the replay when um, Kepa Kepa had, it was it was just planned. Clearly, it was planned. It looked planned because it's, it's very hard for that kind of thing to happen. So Kepa stepped out, pushed pushed up. A lot of Chelsea fans, I read from them when they're like, ah, it's, that is dumb, you know, he's dumb. He pushed up, and Rudiger and um, Mr. Christensen, they were at the back, right, they were behind him, and Kepa, Kane was offside already. Immediately Kane scored that goal, you know, Kepa was the first to reach down. So, it means that that rule is so forgotten that even the referee do not hardly even remember. <laughs> they had to rule it offside out. I think it was if VR or something that had to rule out the goal. But Kepa raises Kepa was the one who raised his hand first immediately, almost immediately, and like you know, offside. So it means that he pla- it looks planned. But if if he planned it, man, that has that is really smart. I re- I applaud him for that. It's really if he planned that. But that's it. So out of a league cup and um, conference league. So we have a whole bit of the FA Cup and it's looking like we won't even win that because the general window is not even good and the squad is not good. Well, it's not London derby on Sunday. And speaking of the North London derby, um, Arsenal. They held Liverpool to a goalless draw yesterday, and as it stands, the reports I'm reading, Arsenal have only 12 outfit players available. And I'm hearing report, and you know, a lot of they have party at the Afcon. They have a lot of players injured. I think they sent two players on loan. So, and Jacques got sent off in that game. So basically, they have no midfield. Now, I know I'm reading reports that Arsenal, Arsenal are trying to get the game postponed. Well, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm not gonna comment on that thing. But personally, I don't think it's cool because COVID, none of your players have COVID. It's really COVID I know you can get your game postponed for. But, you know, this situation, I mean, come on. Is, is it really caused by COVID? No. Because maybe most of your players are having doubts on that. Sorry, but it seems not, this particular thing doesn't look like it's caused by COVID. So, I'm just like, it's going to set a dangerous precedent if, you, if this is actually approved for them to postpone the game. It is what it is. I mean, the tables were turned. Arsenal fans will be against, will be saying that Spurs should play the game anyway. So I don't even know why they are trying to make Arsenal. Arsenal trying to postpone, get the game postponed to be able to replay it another fixture. I doubt they would have accepted the proposal. Well, well, anything is possible. I mean, Liverpool's Liverpool had an issue with false positives recently, and then they didn't investigate it. You know, so anything happens. Apparently, I don't know. It's like they do whatever they like at this rate nowadays. So we don't know what's going to happen. It is what it is. But speaking of the um, League Cup match, it was nil-nil, and Jack got sent off again. And then Liverpool, they lined up, and, and you know, basically, because Salah and Mane are not. And this is the thing I, I always spoke about in the title race. I said Liverpool without Salah and Mane, um, they're going to suffer because of that. And also with the other main guy, um, oh jeez, um, what's his name? I keep forgetting his name. The Leipzig, no, the guy from Leipzig, for Guinea, the Guinea midfielder, Keita. Yeah, I said this is going to they're going to and already they they don't they don't look themselves without those two guys, Salah and Mane. And it's obvious. You know, they're literally struggling in that particular game. And this is going to make them so find their title race because now they are very they're gonna drop a bit. Because yes, they might win some matches, but until Salah and Mane come back, they won't have the same level of effectiveness as they that they they currently have that they had when those guys left. And this is why I I didn't really put them in it. I didn't really say they were going to win the league. I mean, I always put Chelsea as private. Sorry, Jesus Christ. Sorry, favorites. I, I was always pitting Chelsea as a favorite for the league every single time because I, mean, I was never putting Liverpool in. Liverpool, they were surprised me with their elitism performance, but I never really because of, because of this Afcon. And truly, it is what it is. They are literally struggling without both of them. Um, but yeah, 
I think that's all I've talked about the league, um, the league, the English-related matches. Um, we'll see how the weekend goes. Um, Northern Derby is coming up. Hopefully, we'll win that game. I really want to win that game. Really want to win that game, man. We have to win that game. It's gonna leave the spirits. And aside from the fact of it being a North London derby, um, no, sorry. Aside from it being a normal Premier feature where you have to catch up with Arsenal. Okay, no, sorry. Aside from it being a London derby, winning that game with the two games in hand, you know, puts us above Arsenal because we're two points behind Arsenal at the moment. Puts us above Arsenal, and then with two games in hand, you know, so it's going to be very important that Spurs actually win that game, not draw, win that game. A lot of many reasons. So there are many things riding on that game. But you know, a lot of fans expect the way I am. I expect those players to let me down rather than even actually win that game, and that's how how much I despise sports at the moment. Yeah. So we're supposed to see Lloris, but we're supposed to see Skip back. We're supposed to see some of the main guys coming back in to the game on Sunday. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully Spurs win. Again, I will not stop stressing that. Hopefully Spurs win. And um, yeah, so that's all enough for England. Let's go to Africa. I'm seeing another part of this um, show. Okay, we're going to start the show. So this is the Afcon segment, and I'm talking about a lot of Afcon related stuff here. So um, the first round of matches ended, and um, quite disappointing. Twelve goals scored, and check this out. In the last round of our last Afcon, after the first round of matches, we had 27 goals scored. So it was quite disappointing, and you know, and a lot of funny. What's an Afcon without some funny moments? I mean, is it, is it the, the Mali Tunisia game where the Zambian referee? Blue for time around 85th in the 85th minute, right? Blue for time um, to be ended, and then and then call him back on the pitch. 89 89 minutes 50 seconds, which is um, 90 minutes, almost 90 minutes. It wasn't even 90 minutes already. So 89 minutes 50 seconds, he blew the whistle and ended the game. And the Tunisian um, coaches were upset. I think the, the coach, Tunisian coach, is a Nigerian from according to the commentator. Man, they were outraged. They had to get security to to to, to defend the referee. I don't. I was irritated. I, I mean, if I was if I was Malian, right, I would really find it difficult to accept that win because although Mali won, they got a penalty and they got sent off. And the red card for Mali, the referee was awful, man. You know, the penalty for for Mali oh, it was correct. Mali scored their penalty. Algeria zone was cor- sorry. Tunisia zone was correct. Penalty, right? Now the red card. Um, that that guy got sent off for. For goodness sake, that's a yellow card. Vieira told him, downgrade this thing to a yellow card. It is not a red card. This guy said no. He stuck with the decision. He was awful in that game. And then calling, blowing the whistle. I mean, come on, man. Is it is it a secondary school into a sports match or something? I don't understand. This guy just blew for time. He, you know, ended the game abruptly. And the Tunisians, and when the game ended, I think they tried to call them back to Tunisia, and Tunisians were upset and like, no, you're not coming back on the pitch. I'll be irritated because that's the second time you're doing that thing. I mean, playing people like 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 um, pawns on the pitch, you've destabilized them already. And the point was, when he blew for time, the Tunisians were launching an attack. So 89.50, there was no extra time, no other time. So calling them back on the pitch to come and play, don't do what? Malians already, the Malians already... Oh God, man! Naramali, you are doing this course in this day. When I say Malians, the word sounds weird in my. <laughs> the word sounds very weird. <laughs> I will say it anyways. I was trying to say it with a straight face. You know, Tunisians are launching an attack, and then Mal. So like, 
when you call and return it back on the pitch, the Malians already arranged and defended. You know, they already prepared themselves already. So what exactly is the freaking point of them coming back? Because they have to relaunch an attack, and who knows the way the way he could blow again and end. You know, so I understand why they were frustrated and like, now nah, we're not coming back on the pitch. Screw, up, screw you guys, because if I'm frustrating, if I was, am I? That's why I never like injustice. If I was on the receiving end, I'll be irritated. You know, if I was on the receiving end, you really feel like beating the ref up. You know, and you know, and only God knows. And and check this out: the Daily Mail, they did not waste time. Like clockwork, damn, they brought. You know, they brought out the story already that the referee had was suspended back in 2018 with charges da, da, da. you know and you're not gonna if you give you, you're gonna accuse the british of being you know racist and you know target let's be real here you don't don't make it easy for them for goodness sake i mean that level of incompetence was just not freaking acceptable you know and, and there's another again was it that game was a game where is it mauritania right i think it was a mauritania game where they blew no they played the wrong national anthem for one of them you know and this is the thing. I know it happened. There was a game in 20, back in 2019. It's a European match. Albania and the national team playing. I think Cameroon the European team. And they played na- the wrong national anthem. I think Albania versus France or something like that. They played the wrong national anthem. But then, okay, Albania versus France, if I'm not mistaken. They played the wrong national anthem. And then, you know, a lot of some people were saying, oh, it totally happens. Yeah, I know incompetence happens everywhere. I mean, let's even the referee decision that was awful. 2020, 2006 World Cup. There was a referee that gave a player three yellow cards in a game. <laughs> so. The, yeah, there's I feel like there's three yellow cards in the game. Um, in new in Premier League, we've seen referees blow before the full time. They've blown second in Premier League. In the, I think it was a Liverpool Liverpool game or something like that. I can't remember freshly. There's incompetence in the Premier League. So referee incompetence it happens in Europe a lot. So it's not even an African, but this is the issue here. There's this low expectation people already of Africa, right? In this kind of thing. We saw how they I mean aside the fact that they have con. Aside the fact that the Afcon was hosted, it's been hosted mid-season and it drew a lot of criticism because of that. There are a lot of undertones, you know, of like, low expectations. These low expectations undertones towards Afcon from a lot of European journalists and a lot of European Europeans. We know that. I'm not saying all of them do it, but it is. There is. This, there are these, these undertones of you know. Oh, it's not really this kind of job. Well, I mean, it's not valid, but you know. So. When we know these things exist, you don't make it easy. That's my point. Do not freaking make it easy for them. To throw shots, okay. Do not make it easy. But I, and besides, why does the fact that this thing happened in Europe, the referring, does it does it make the, the awful referring, the awful the um, bloopers, does it make them look less bad because they, oh they are doing it anyways? So why don't we just continue? Do why don't we just do it right? Do it right or you don't do it at all? You know, and yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. And that's funny. It's quite funny. But let's talk about some games um, in, the, in the first round of matches. So as I mentioned earlier in the, in the first and um, previous segment, where I talked about the, I was talking about, I, I talked about me not watching the sports game and I was watching the Cameroon, the Cote d'Ivoire game. As at that time, they already love one news, one news, one news, and there were some new news. There were new news from Algeria. I think there was a new, there was a new news in the Algeria game. There's another new news somewhere. I can't remember that new news. Yeah, new news from um, ah oh, Jesus Christ, Sudan and um, can't remember the, the country. Things you could track, you know, Gabon they won one nil. Um, but let me talk about the, the game I want to talk about just now. The Cote d'Ivoire game. Now, when I had a proud been in view of that game, they already won new wins and new nil. So I was thinking they're gonna score more because Cote d'Ivoire already they had it in the first few minutes, they were already pressing, they were having they were already pressing, they were already at it. They were pressing um Equatorial Guinea, 
they give causing those cause of problems in their defense. They, at some point they couldn't get out of their defense with the first few minutes. And when Max Gradel scored that goal, beautiful goal by the way, I thought the flock is about to open. And then then and then Kudovoa were just wasting chances. And the funny thing was this, right? Ekotrakini had more shots and even on target than Kudovoa. Now then if you what now if you look at the stats, even in general the whole of the match, Ekotrakini had a lot more shots and a lot more shots on target. And some more, more shots on target, right? If you look at the match, if you look at those stats and you do not watch the game, you would think, oh, Ikotra Guinea were the best. But no, it wasn't. The chances that I mean they wasted was a lot of passing situations. They would get into situations, make the wrong decision. Overhead crosses, underhead crosses, you know, awful passes. These are the things. Ikotra and Cameroon were cut over again those chances and they were wasting. And this is my thing. I want to be brought on Zaha. Zaha caused problems too. But this is my, my thing about Cote d'Ivoire, right? Why I'm afraid of Cote d'Ivoire is because of Zaha. You know, he's like, this is a wild card. Well, he didn't start the game. Now, if he starts matches, the conversation is going to be very different. If he starts, if he starts, you know, donning the shirt and starting for them, I think he will. I don't know why he didn't start the game, but I, he probably will. Because when he came on, he was, he had something differently. Especially in, the, in that left wing, we had a thing as an inverted forward, cutting inside, and we had a chance and he could have scored. I probably, I think, I think if he had started the game, he would have probably scored more. You know, Magari was the captain and Haller didn't really get a lot of chances. They played, I think they played 4 3 right? They played three midfielders. They played um, Ibrahim Sangare. I know Ibrahim Sangare from Tifo Football. Tifo Football, I'm looking at you on YouTube. <laughs> Tifo speak. <laughs> favorite pick. There was Jean-Michel Seri and there was um, Frank Kessier. That, the passing was not really good. So the midfielders, the midfielders, the three of them, they were playing in Europe. It's not like they're playing in the local league. I know Kessier. I know Michel Seri. And I know this guy. So the three of them have enough. They should be good enough. So putting good passes, but they were making a lot of underhit bad passes, underhit passes over hit ones, awful touches. What was the excuse? You know, they were so they were not really very good, they were not convincing at all. And you know, it is and that that for me it was disappointing. I was disappointed because I was thinking they're gonna get score a lot more goals. You know, after I tried after the first one, I wanted to see the second, and then there was one header from Ibrahim Sangari right where he overhit. They were very disappointing. I mean, looking at Kudovoa's score there. They have really good players. They have Boli, they have um, um, Bai, Eric Bai, they have um, Hala, Seb Hale, they have um, this guy, um, Kessier, like I mentioned already, they have Zaha already. So they do have players. They have uh, already, they already didn't start the game. But if not, we're not really convincing. You know, I, but not, and the thing is this um, the reason why I'm on the lookout for most kind of teams is, you know, Nigeria. You know, I'm looking at who Nigeria might face. You know, go around because at first I looked at Kudovoa like, oh, I'm scared of Kudovoa. Nigeria plays them, but I'm not very. Scared. When after watching the whole of that match, I mean, obviously you have to be. Let's be real here. You know, they are not unbeatable because Equatorial Guinea had chances. You know, to get at them, especially on the break. And speaking of Nigeria, we played against Egypt. Um, as you all know, this is my, my first episode. Um, the Afcon. The first Afcon episode, I mentioned that. I think we should play a 4-2-2-2 formation because of the system players we have. If if not in that episode, even before now, I was talking about it in that episode long before now. So it's not even if you are, if you are a consistent listener of my podcast, you should know you might already know that by now that I've always been talking about that formation for Nigeria because I think it's better. I think we are not a 4-2-3-1 national team. We are two up front wing play kind of national team wingers. You know, bombing on the wingers bombing on either side and you know, putting in good crosses this is what we are you know i remember 2013 afcon we had moses and musa on the wings if you even go back to the 90s we had finney george 
on the wings too. Finish George on the right wing, and we had Tijani Babangida on the wings. So we've always had these speed stars on the wings. So rather than trying to make them cutting inside, why not just let them, you know, run into space and cause damage? And that's what we did against Egypt that day. And 4-2-2 was the formation. And I liked the setup. And this is why I'm like, if if we've made the right decision in that formation. Because you know, for, because we had in the D to try, then we had Aribo, and Aribo could carry the ball out. Then you had these guys on the wings, Moses Simon and um, so that guy, is it Chikwesi or something on the wings? And we had two up front of Ian Acho and um, and the Mawoni up front. And Mawoni even almost had a goal, the good goal from Ian Acho, fantastic, proper goal, you know, volley, bang into the net. Good goal from him. And I wonder he could have scored. I think he hit the bar. It was a good I think but I, I really have to um, praise him for that um, creating that chance because he, he saw the cross because the ball was going out right and the winger ran to the edge, actually on the line and then he crossed it in and he headed it in. It was good for him because he believed that he, his winger is gonna make that gonna make that and he was ready to actually go in and put the ball in and headed the ball in and then you know he hit the bar. The keeper pushed it onto the bar. You know, could have scored, you know, but it is what it is. And he had not chose his first touch for the he could have gone in the second goal. Open net, first touch, then the ball went out of play. But people say that's probably he had chose it's something that he, he he does, like he has that problem about him in the football. Well, I don't know. But hopefully he cuts it out because actually in games where we might need to score more than one goal to win or more than one goal to stay out of scared out of sight. And you know, but that I, like back to my point about how we play. I think we played really well, and this is why you know, when I look around at other teams, you know, it's more of looking at how um, that team plays. Because even the Cameroon game, Cameroon won four one. This is Cameroon on their second round of matches because Cameroon won the first game. Um, they beat um, these guys two one. They won their first game against Burkina Faso. Two penalties from um, um, two goals from um, this guy Abubakar Finsam Finsam Abubakar. You know, and even in that game against Burkina Faso, they there were chances on the break. For them, for um, Burkina Faso, on the break, there were chances on the break for Burkina Faso you know, to run into space in behind Cameroon, and this for me is why I feel like you know Nigeria, Nigeria probably have a chance against a lot of all these other teams. That's why even the Ivory Coast game, I saw a lot of chances for also for Nigeria game. So there are chances, for, there are teams that Nigeria can actually exploit in these matches. Then these kind of teams that are so-called big, there are chances games that they can exploit, but. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, speaking of other matches, um, we had um, Senegal beating Zimbabwe by one goal with a penalty. And we had um, it was one Guinea and Malawi, yeah. Guinea, um, Nabicators, Guinea. Guinea, they won one nil. Um, Malawi could have gotten one. Could have gotten one earlier. They didn't. And then Guinea took advantage. And then they won one nil. They won their first game one nil. Um, Gabon, they, they won their game 1-0. I can't remember who they played against. There was another game that ended 0-0. I'm trying to remember that, who played. So, most African countries, I, I, I tend to forget them a lot. It was 0-0 and there was a penalty. Was it Sudan? I think it was a penalty in that game. It was, I think it was Sudan, right? It was a penalty in that game. And three people missed three people missed that penalty. What do I mean? Let me explain. It was the first shot. The keeper saved it. Then the other one, um, the ball went out. Somebody, there was another person who hit the... No, I think he saved it. Somebody just kicked it back in. I think he hit the bar and the last person hit the bar and he went out so, so it was three persons it was like it was like ping pong right went 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 went, went and then eventually went out for a, for a goal kick <laughs> you know it, it, it was funny to look at and yeah it went the same group as nigeria those two teams are the same group as nigeria and this is why i'm like nigeria, nigeria and egypt are probably rubbing their hands now at the prospect of facing these two guys but talking about egypt 
the way Egypt lined up for that game, I think they played into Nigeria and then they didn't have a plan B. Probably they went to hit us on a break and it didn't work out because they played Salah through the middle and then they tried to, you know. And me, I predicted Jagger, I predicted Egypt to actually top that group in that in the first game. But the way they played that game, eh, it's made me wonder. I don't think they will, you know, because I mean, my reason for predicting Egypt, first of all, was I didn't trust Nigeria. I mean, the build up, especially in the build up of the tournament. But Nigeria really played well and they actually surprised me because I didn't really expect them to play the way they did. I was really surprised. I know a lot of my friends who are not, not really like, don't really like Nigeria like that. It's a friend of mine who always goes to Nigeria. He actually was impressed, you know, and that, that's why. So my my fears were actually very valid. You know, especially with Salah's hot form, but Salah couldn't really do a lot. He was really well pocketed in that game. They tried to play and it was like 5-5-0. I don't know why they, they stacked the midfield and tried to play with the force nine. I don't know. But you know, Salah could have scored though. It was a mistake from Ekong. Yeah, he played him on side, but um good save from uh, Maduka Okoye, you know, to keep to keep that score down. Now we have depth, and that's a good thing about us as a national team. We have depth. Well my my own thing was even with Ganaro that time was the way we played, we're not really exploiting the chance, we're not really using our depth as we could. Even if we had the depth, bringing them on and actually using them was always the issue. So, look at see, we have a lot of depth. Our wingers, are they the inverted wingers kind? Or, because even at the very good, they don't like to hug touch and use their pace. Because there are wingers that like to use that space. They like to run into space. There are many wingers. I don't think wingers who... Their wingers like to run into space, right? They are traditional ones where they just like to run, you know, and create chances. There's still space. So everybody must not play the inverted winger where everybody cuts inside and, you know, puts one into the top corner. You know, there are players that are like that. There are players that are not designed for that kind of... And a lot of our wingers are not that kind of wingers. Our wingers are the problem ones that want to run into space. And the fact that we exploit our chances, our, our um, strengths, is one I have to applaud. You know, and hopefully it continues. And look, coming off the bench, the players that came on the bench, since second was it AGK or something that will replace them, the guy on the right wing. You know, he came on and he did well too. Um, you had to see this guy, I know at one point, busting forward, you know, pace into space. And it was really cool, it was really good, um, a good way. So hopefully it continues. Now, this is where I wonder, you know, if we're getting a coach, what what kind of what do we tell our coaches, the coaches that we're appointing? Because as a national team, we already know what our formation and what our style is. And with players we produce tend to fit that style that we produce. Like it or not, it's just the truth. Because we don't have I mean, do we have what Germany did was different from what we did because Germany had a project where they built players to fit a setting so they had players like Royce coming through, players like um Gotze, um Scherler, you know, all these are, these are players unlike the traditional German players you had in the nineties, you know, like um I'm sure even Ozil too, yeah. Unlike traditional German players you had in the 90s like Vola, Klinsmann, um, this guy, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Oh. keep forgetting their names. Some of those German players you had in the 90s, the way Germany played in the 90s, you know, compared to how they were playing in the thousands. So they went, but Nigeria, I don't think we're going to go that, do that kind of evolutionary, that thing where we just do a complete revolution and a complete revamp of the grassroots from scratch, from start to finish. I don't think we're going to do that in Nigeria. What I think we should do is stick to our strengths. The players we produce, they fit that style of play. So there's no point changing and trying to adapt to a foreign style because you want to stick with the trends. Do what you know. And this is what we know and we have to keep doing it. That for me is what, what we have to do. Yeah, so currently we're top in the group. Um, three points clear. Um, 
hopefully we well, very sure we're gonna i believe we're gonna win our next game i'll, I'll, I'll check what our next match is um, hopefully i believe we're gonna win our next game and um have a really good um, it, it's looking bright but i don't i don't want to i don't want to jinx it because it looks like when i overpraise nigeria is when things tend to look it's like i'm jinxing it so i don't want to jinx it so let's just pretend you know that <laughs> that's it though yeah, so and the first one of the matches um wasn't really good. There's really not too much to talk about in the other, other games other than one news, one news, one news, and new news. But I want to talk about quick talk quickly about the Cameroon game yesterday before we call it a, call it a day. Um yesterday was second round of matches and it started yesterday. Um Cameroon put in four past Ethiopia and Burkina Faso beating Cape Verde one year. Now when the Cameroon game end, ended 4-1, I was thinking the following is about to open. Only for Burkina Faso to score only one goal against Cape Verde. Well, what is the reason why I'm wondering why um, Cameroon, this is because Ethiopia are so bad. That's why Cameroon just because it can't be had two goals. Vincent and Bubaka scored two, you know. And even in the first game, Cameroon were not very convincing in the first game against Cape, um, um, Burkina Faso. So, Burkina, Cameroon versus Cape Verde is going to be an interesting match, it's going to be very interesting. And Cape Verde needs to win that game to qualify. Obviously, uh, a third spot is enough for anybody to qualify, but they have to get enough points. So, even if Cape Verde wins, beats Cameroon, they have to or they draw Cameroon, they hope that. You know they get you know for second spot. I think Burkina Faso will beat Ethiopia. Ethiopia is probably the whipping boys in the group. Burkina Faso are going to beat Ethiopia. So likely the Burkina Faso is getting six points. No, sorry, six points. Yeah, it's very high. And likely the Cape Verde getting six points is very low. But we'll see. I think Cape Verde will most likely finish third in that group, and Burkina Faso is probably going to get second. Yeah, probably going to get second. But we'll see though. But Cameroon scored four, and it was quite impressive for them. Abubakar scoring two. Um, it can't be scoring two. And then Ethiopia scored, and Ethiopia scored first, and the floor gets opened, and Cameroon just went at them, you know, like lions, like lions, like indomitable lions that they are, going after a zebra or a gazelle. <laughs> Man, they ripped them to shreds. It wasn't a joke. It was that's how, how. Uh, and, but the thing is, when I looked at Cameroon, like I said, you know, and I'm looking at it because things that Nigeria can actually exploit in these other teams, if Nigeria used to meet them. Ethiopia also had chances on the break and they had a lot of space. That's why even Cameroon, yeah, they won again, they deserve to win it. But are they really as convincing? You know, it's very in the at the back. If you can obviously Abubakar and it can be a handful, so it's gonna be hard to hold those two down because they are really strong and really fast. Trust me. I mean the goal in Cam it can be scored, his second goal. It put it was really it was it, I think he had the great push before and he ran and caught the ball quickly. It was really fast and then he he did a cut where he took out two Ethiopian defenders and he slotted it into the um, left corner, right? It was a really good goal. This is the thing I'm talking about. The guy is a, the guy is a unit. Maybe the unit is a bit, is a bit of a stretch, but he's really strong and really fast. Him and Abubakar, they are a handful. So if you can handle them, I think on the break you probably get get a Cameroon on the break because Ethiopia had those those chances on the break and they if they were if they were a lot more if they were competent they would have probably buried them well nana also did well you know some saves but he did what he should do but i think ethiopia if if, if it was a better better team if cameroon play a better team a team that have that really know how to play on the break they'll be ripped to shreds i think they will i think they will i could be wrong but i think they will you know because i mean spacing behind ethiopia to really get in and come on but this is what it is so congratulations cameroon for qualifying um hopefully we'll see a lot more teams qualifying in the second round of matches because some teams are already on three points hopefully nigeria we play our next game and then we put four past the next opponent because in there, the, the, i saw the other games nigeria in, the, in that group the other teams in that group nigeria could play because they don't know that new i think it's sudan um guinea is it guinea or something i can't remember the other team so that game nigeria could easily score a lot of goals you know but 
hopefully we don't waste our chances yeah without further ado let's um, end this episode and i'll see you guys after the second round of matches are over hopefully i will be happy on the side that nigeria has qualified well i'll see you guys um on the other side on monday oh yeah i also did not learn derby sorry i keep forgetting i'm sorry about that i'll see you guys on monday yeah sorry i'll see you guys on monday uh after not learn derby hopefully we have beaten arsenal hopefully we have and then we'll give some more um, reviews of second round of matches and then um, yeah so take care and um, have a nice weekend <music>